This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. The Old Testament reading today is a teaser, almost, of one of the longest and best developed stories in all the scriptures. The story of Joseph begins in Genesis 37 and continues all the way to Genesis 50. If you've ever seen the play or the film Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, then you know the story as well, or at least parts of it. Joseph was the favorite son of his father Jacob, but Joseph could also be a spoiled brat. Because he was his father's favorite, he was given this special garment, a coat that the King James Bible described as a coat of many colors. More recent versions uh, simply translated as a coat with long sleeves. But whether it was many colored or long sleeved, the point is that it was fancy and it was special. And so Joseph's brothers found his special coat and his skill of dreaming the future as being almost insufferable to the point that they eventually sold their brother Joseph into slavery, letting their father believe that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. Through a series of events, Joseph eventually ends up in Egypt, serving as a high official in the court of the Pharaoh. Because Joseph can predict the future and read his dreams, he's able to see that a famine is coming, and so he helps Egypt prepare and save for the famine. Well, at the height of the famine, guess who comes knocking at the door? It's Joseph's brothers, still living back in Canaan, but now starving. They're searching for grain, and they're desperate. They come to Joseph, but don't recognize him as their brother. But Joseph does recognize them, and he tests them a little, if not taunts them almost. Joseph eventually decides to forgive them. And we hear that high point of the story, a story of forgiveness in today's scriptures. Joseph hasn't reached this place of forgiveness easily, but he's had time to pray and think and grow. He summarizes this near the end of chapter 50, when he remembers his brothers selling him into slavery, but says, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. Well, most of us are not often put in that position of Joseph, in which those who have intended evil to us end up coming before us and needing something. But if we were in that position, how would we act? What would we say? Would we go for the jugular and really make it hurt, seeking vengeance, wanting to feel like a wrong was finally being righted? Or would we remember the words of Jesus? In today's gospel, Jesus says, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus here is not saying embrace being the victim. Instead, I think he's saying that even when we're victimized, we still have some agency. 
Now, this is in no way suggesting that someone who is being abused or being oppressed stay where they are. Just the opposite. I think Jesus is trying to help us see what we can do. Can we choose to to make a statement? Can we choose to turn the other cheek? Can we choose to, to answer back, to give shirt and pants as well as a coat? In so doing, we begin to take control of the situation for good and for God's good. We turn the energy and the power of the equation and we offer blessing, forgiveness, and a way forward. With time, with mercy, with help from others, with the Holy Spirit, we can eventually say with Joseph, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. In just a few weeks, the church begins the season of Lent. You'll notice that at the very beginning of our worship services, instead of saying or singing glory to God in the highest, we'll instead say or sing, Lord, have mercy upon us. Lent is a season for asking for God's mercy, but may the Spirit also enable us to ask for God's mercy to be shown to you and to me, but also that God would enable us to show more mercy, to show mercy to ourselves, to one another, and to the world. Lord, have mercy, but also let us have mercy. Let us pray. O Lord, you have taught us that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts your greatest gift, which is love, the true bond of peace and of all virtue, without which whoever lives is accounted dead before you. Grant this for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today's anthem at 11 o'clock a.m. is one of my favorites. It's by the 20th century composer Jean Berger. It's based on Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.